0: Hey everyone, welcome. This is Lucas Granger, lead pastor of Coastal Church. It is our hope that you will find this podcast today challenging, inspiring, and practical as we seek to reach the world with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. Just work with me just a minute on a couple of, on a couple of things I'm going to read to you that I think can be beneficial. Now one quote says this, perhaps the best way to measure someone's influence in our culture, now you just want just, to, I want to define that word influence, I'll probably do it a little bit more in a minute, but that word influence can just be defined real simply as ability. And, and so we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that. Perhaps the best way to measure someone's influence in our culture is the, to examine the ways they have impacted others. John Wesley, the evangelist, co-founder of the Methodist Church at approximately 17 years old. He was a young guy, right? One of 15 kids. at 86 years old, preached 100 sermons in 60 towns in nine weeks. He preached, "Isaiah, "Seek you the Lord, why He may be found, call upon him." Why he is near. Now, see, you know, if you give a guy like me that verse and give me a microphone and give me about 30 minutes, we could stay there for a while. But I'm not preaching that today. At 10 o'clock on Wednesday morning, June the 2nd, 1971, John Wesley spoke his final words. A secular publication of that time said this about him Instead of being an ornament of literature, he was a blessing to his fellow creatures. Instead of being a genius of his age, he was a servant of God. Now I'm here to tell you, that is the way you want to be remembered. That's the legacy that we would hope to deliver. George Whitfield was known for doing this. I don't know what your personality is. I hope to get to know you. But George Whitfield was known for doing this. He would read his sermons. He almost never did what I do and looked at the congregation. I like to make contact. eye contact. Some people don't. That's okay. It's differences in personalities. It's differences in different things that we do. But he almost never looked at the audience. He almost never did anything except for stared at a focal point on the back wall of the church he was preaching in. But it was noted of him that he preached so anointed that men were moved toward God. It doesn't matter to me if you make eye contact with me or not. When I get done speaking to you, when Pastor Lucas gets done speaking to you, when the other pastors get done speaking to you, there's really just one goal. And that is, is that we and you alike are moved toward... Martin Luther said, religion that gives nothing and costs nothing is probably worth nothing. I'll leave that where it is. He's probably smart enough to stand on his own. If he can pen the 95 thesis, I probably don't need to help him. W.H. Spinach said leadership is the 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 discipline of deliberately exerting special influence within a group that moves that group toward goals of performance that fulfills that group's real need. How many of you know that Christ knows what our needs are when we really don't want others to know? Right? This morning in prayer, Nikki made mention that sometimes even within the church, we don't feel comfortable, even vulnerable enough to expose ourselves to others because of just culture. I'm not saying we're bad people. I think we're pretty awesome people. But the reality of it is, is that sometimes we don't expose our needs to others around us, so we have to really rely heavily on Christ I'm thankful that there are things that can help us do that. Spurgeon said that he was noted as being the prince of preachers, the voice of the people, because he had a strong, if you've read any of Spurgeon's writings, he had a strong sense in his belief system, and he generally said some really abrasive stuff. I'm going to try not to be that person today. Just as a side note, if anything is said that helps you, Lucas is a great guy. If I say anything that you don't like... Blame it on me, not him. (laughs) He's either a really great guy that is really brave, or he is a very innovative guy, which I believe he is. And if you will look at what God is doing around you, he is placing a group of people together that is diverse in talents and diverse in giftings, diverse in knowledge, diverse in understanding. For what? For the purpose of building the kingdom of God. So Spurgeon simply said, simplicity is the authorized style of true gospel ministry. This may be one that you may not know of. Maybe you do. I don't know. You may have never heard of this person. Polycarp was a second century saint that was burned at the stake. Anybody up for that? Yeah. I think I'll hold on that one. I think I'll, you know, I think I'll hold on that one. Now, if it has to happen, okay, but uh, I think I'll pass on that one. Eighty-six years old, I've served him. He's done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme him now? Is what he said. Leonard Ravenhill said, A man may study because his brain is hungry for knowledge. Right? Even the Bible. But a man prays because his soul is hungry for God. So I want to talk to you just a little bit, just a few minutes out of Philippians, something that you really know. You may already know where I'm going. You probably understand what I'm going to talk to you about. But I'm going to talk to you about a little small book that if you haven't spent any time there, I encourage you to do it because Philippians Philippians is a very, very, very wonderful book. It's been very helpful to me and many others just like you and I. And so... I want, to, I want to encourage you to get in the book. The writer of the book of Philippians said some stuff like this. He said, he starts off that he's a servant of Jesus Christ. He says, grace unto you, peace unto you. Verse 3, he says, I thank God every remembrance of you. Always in prayers. I'm, you, you can just stay with me. I'm not preaching this. I'm just giving you a couple of things he said that were encouraging to me. In verse 21, he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. These are probably things that you've heard in the past. These are probably scriptures that you've been acquainted with. This is just telling you where they are. Chapter 2 and verse 5 says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Verse 9 says, wherefore God hath highly exalted and giveth him a name above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow and things in heaven, things in earth. Every tongue's going to confess. Chapter 3 says something like this He says to us, Brethren, I count not myself as to it apprehended, but the one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I press. Right? Sometimes we have to do that as believers. And it gets us to the point that I want to talk to you about today. In verse 13 of chapter 4, he says these words, and I want to associate just a couple of things to you because if I can deliver to you this principle and you will grasp it, or if you will revisit it, because I believe that most of you probably know it and probably have heard it and probably understand a good bit about what it's saying, but if you will grasp what I'm going to revisit with you today, there will be some some things that we can all glean and be, be helped. Verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Proverbs chapter 3 talks about us trusting in the Lord and not leaning to our own understanding. That is just simply me saying, I'm not going to rely on my abilities, I'm going to rely on His all of us like GPS is because if you're anything like me, and you don't like to admit it, we have a tendency to get off course from time to time. The males that are in the building will never admit that you get off course, and I'm okay with that. But the reason that GPS is necessary, even on your phone, it's not enough that we can put them on our, our windshields and they're right in front of us. Now they have to give them to us on our phones. Because we as humans, I as a male figure, need to be redirected from time to time. Proverbs 3 talks to us about what that does and what that looks like. I pose and suggest to you the question this morning... What's the difference between all of those folks that we talked about just a minute ago? And what's the difference between us now? What's the difference between then and what's the difference between now? I submit to you that we, say we still have access and that we as people and believers of God have the same access as all of those folks did. But I believe that there are times in all of our lives where we grasp principles differently. We see things at different times. One person said, we can all learn. We all learn in different ways. We all learn on different days. But we all learn. And I submit to you today that we all learn differently. We all learn on different time frames. We all understand at different places in our lives. It may be because of a season we're in. It may be because of an experience we're enduring. It may be because of something that someone else has spoken into our life. But we all learn at different times and different ways. But I submit we all can still learn So I say to you that when you look at Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 13, and he says, I can do all things through Christ. Here's what I would like you to do. I would like you to divide that strip, that particular verse up into a couple of different divisions. Number one, when you start to talk about what I can means, I can. Can do. I submit to you that is nothing more than an affirmation statement of Christ saying to you and us declaring to others that it's in me whether I know it or not, whether I've seen it or not, whether I have discovered it or not, it's in me. I can do if I am a believer. I'm not going to teach this right now. I'm just going to drop it on you. The reality of it is that when you were saved, you were born again, that Christ entered your life, there was someone called the Holy Spirit, not something, someone called the Holy Spirit was resident in your being. I'm trying not to preach. And the reality of it is, is that when the Holy Spirit no longer is just resident in your being, but He all of a sudden becomes president in your life, something will change. So, check this out. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, I can do is just simply an affirmation statement. An affirmation statement is nothing more than an encouragement from others to us that you have the ability Look at somebody and say, I got the ability. Look at somebody and say, I can. I can. See, sometimes you've got to stop waiting on everybody else to declare it over you, and you've got to start declaring it for yourself. And yeah. see, i got to tell you today, if you want to get something, you can come and Christ will give you to the ability to have it. And when you leave, see, see, I mentioned all these folks from, from many centuries and many different Places and many different eras of time. Didn't mention anybody in the Bible. I didn't mention anybody, any of the spokesmen and the marksmen of this time. I didn't mention anybody right now, the Lucas Grangers of the world that are setting the world on fire right now. Didn't mention any of them. So that should be encouragement to us. Right? So I can do. That's an affirmation statement. So there's a couple of things I want you to get. Number one, I want you to understand when you start looking at an affirmation statement, that is just you saying that I understand what you are saying to me, right? <clears throat> now, you don't have time this morning. We don't have time this morning to look and see who we are as people. But if you were understanding who you are as people, that's what you start to do when you start to say, I can do. When you start to say things like, I can do, you're starting to understand who you are in your position in Christ right? It's not because we're that great, even though in him we are pretty awesome. It's not that we have supernatural abilities, but in him we do have supernatural abilities, right? It's not that we can expect things to happen that we get credit for, but in him things will happen that we don't get credit for, but because we were the vessel, we can be part of the process, right? So when you start to look at that, you see that it's just simply I can do. Now, how many of you know that we are people of exploration? Right? How many of you know that, that we live in a world right now that are accomplishing far and beyond, light years beyond what we ever expected to have accomplished? How many of you know there's some people in this world a lot smarter than me? You better, you better not, don't you, you better not say, okay, okay. I was gonna say, don't you say no? Oh, okay, yeah, but, but you know it's true. I mean, come on, I ain't a rocket scientist. The fact is is that what I would like to encourage you to do on this Sunday morning is just simply explore what God's saying that you can through His Word. I'm not asking you to trust me. I would hope that you could have some sense of confidence in me that you were willing to trust me. But what you are seeing is, is that if you start to understand and explore what God is saying to you through His Word, then I think that you will start to see... Tremendous things happen in your life, the life of your family, the life of your children. And you're walking it out now. So I'm not saying you're not doing it. I'm just saying that there's something. So when you start looking at the Philippians chapter 4, I can do. That's an affirmation statement. All things. Now, what will happen is, is what I believe will happen is, is that when you start to see and say all things can and all things will, and you proclaim it and you let God make it real to you in your life, what will happen is, is that you will see that... Um, you will begin to discover new things. Um, James chapter 5, Jesus said, the, uh, well, the, the writer said that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let me drop this on you real quick. It takes two things to grow stuff. It takes soil and it takes seed. The Bible represents your heart as soil. He represents this book as seed. So if you're looking to grow I'm just going to stop right there. <laughs> if you want to grow, it takes soil and it takes seed. It takes your heart and it takes this book. You place them together, stuff begins to come up. If you sow it in your life, I assure you, there is a principle in this book that says it will grow. Amen. So check this out. soul and seed, something grows, pops up in my life. I see the result of it. There's a production. Something's produced. I enjoy the results of what grew. Right? Aren't you happy that Christ didn't leave you without the things that you need? Aren't you thankful that when you have what you need, it's because of Him? Aren't you thankful when you have, when you have needs and you go to Him? Even when I mean, we all have times when we, we, we think we need more. And when we do, we go to Him and there are resources available to us. Right? I got more to get done than I can get done in 35 minutes. Y'all figured that out by now, right? So I can do. All things is is nothing more than an application statement. When you start looking at all things, you start to understand that He is making things accessible to us in the book, in, in, this, in this word that's going to grow out of us, that's going to expand and extend, and other folks are going to are going to are going to benefit from So when you start looking at an application statement, that's the implementation phase. That's where you start to look at, well, what is God trying to get me to discover inside of my life? What's growing that I haven't seen yet? What's been planted that I really don't understand yet? What's happening in me that I don't even know how to deal with yet? What's God doing that I don't even understand how to address at this point? It's about the implementation, the production side of, okay, God, if you will help me, I will do what you would like me to do that's the that's that's the all things side in every relationship there's a couple things that has to happen the first thing that you have to do is you have to get history we're not going to be friends if we don't gain history from each other if you understand my history and i understand your history and then i affirm you and you affirm me And then I began to trust you and you began to trust me. And then after that, we began to fellowship or we began to eat together or spend time together or began to correspond however you choose to do that. Text, phone, I like to call. My wife likes to text. She'll text me and I'll call her. (laughs) I'm like, babe, 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 come on. You know I'd rather talk. But I'd rather text. So you know what I do? I text. I ain't as dumb as I look. So in every relationship, you have to have those things. You have to build those things. You have to have history. You have to have trust. You have to have the ability for us to understand each other, and then it'll grow into, it'll grow into. So when you're building a relationship with Christ, one of the best ways that I have found that we can understand what I can do, all things means, is to talk to him or spend time with him. I don't have time to teach this, but I just want to give you this because I think it's important. I think it's of value. I think it's of merit. So, what happens is, is that you see in, in James chapter 5, he says, The hot prayer of a righteous person, and that's you guys. I don't care how you feel about yourself. If you're born again, I don't care if you're where you want to be. I'm not either. I don't care if you say, well, pastor, i make mistakes. I do too. And we don't have time to talk about, well, what do we do about all these thoughts going through our head? Let me tell you. You take them captive, but anyway. So, James said the hot prayer of a righteous person avails, or it's productive, right? So, after you get that, what happens is, is then he goes over to Matthew and he says when you pray he tells us us he tells us when you pray so what he's doing to us he's teaching on teaching us on the on the on the benefit of conversing with him talking with him if i never talk to my wife i assure you i'm not going to know what she wants when you talk to him you will discover what he wants that's all that's all you don't have to sound like me it's okay if you do but you don't have to You don't have to sound like people you've heard in your past. It's okay if you do, but you don't have to. You can simply sit down in a room with music blasting, if you do it like me. Turn your music as loud as you can get it. Sit in the room on the floor and just say, God, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to talk to you about, but I'm here. I'm really not sure what you would like to discuss with me today, but if you'll tell me, we'll talk about it. So when you talk about the discovery process, what happens is is he says the heart prayer, the communication of a righteous person. Then he says, when you pray, he teaches us to pray. And then he goes on to talk to us about some things that I think are of great merit for us. He says, when you pray, and then after he says, when you pray, then he teaches us how to pray. Aren't you thankful that when we're not sure as new believers, he, he says to us, he says in Matthew, he says, I will teach you, right? It gives you a prayer. It gives you a pattern, right? Is that good for you? It's kind of good for me. And then what you find is, is, in Luke chapter 10, I really don't read this a lot prior to this, but then in Luke chapter 10, what you find is, is you see him where he says, now I'm going to tell you what to pray. Typically in the past, in times before that, he hasn't really given us a lot to talk about what to pray. And in this particular text, he says, now I'm going to tell you what to pray. He says, pray That God would send laborers. Two things you gotta notice there. That that two things you gotta notice there. Number one, He's showing you opportunity, that's it. Look around you. Man, I love this stage. (laughs) I wished I was smart enough to do this back in the day. (laughs) Look around you. That's opportunity. That's what you see. You see opportunity. Okay. When you're in your neighborhood, that's opportunity. In Luke 10, he's showing you opportunity. And yes, unfortunately, he shows you opposition as well because he said, unfortunately, there's not a lot of laborers. That's where you come in. Personal evangelism is still the best way to get folks to church. Still works, baby. You hear me? It still works. You don't have to say it a certain way. You don't have to scream at them like I do. I do. I can't help it. I have a robust voice. I do it at work. I yell at the kids down the hall and the assistant principal says, Zero, deputy pal, silence! (laughs) I'm telling you the truth. Come into my school, they'll tell you. They will tell you, they will tell you, I am the world's worst in my school. They have to tell me to be quiet all the time. You're too loud. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Luke chapter 10, he shows us opportunity and shows us opposition. He's telling us how to pray. If you're not really sure, sometimes you say, God, I'm trying to discover what you would like me to be. Now, at some point, we will talk about this, and you will spend time talking about this, who you are. Because if you can figure out who you are, and you'll be that. Because I assure you, if you see me here, if you see me at my school, if you see me at Chili's, if you see me on my motorcycle somewhere, in my jeans, my hat around backwards, and my T-shirt on, Wherever you see me, you're going to see Pastor Kent. You're going to see me. I'm not going to be something different for you. I love you. But I'm not going to be something different for you. Because I know who I am. And when you understand who you are, according according to this book, if you understand who you are and you start to understand how you think, and you get the seed of the principle of Philippians 4 and chapter 4 and verse 13 in you, something starts to grow. Soil seed, right? All right. Let me tie this up because I can't leave you out in the middle of this field somewhere. So, we're people of exploration. And in every time in our life, if you study our history and you see that we explored something, people discovered something. It was either something they discovered that revisited and they re, re re-evaluated and made better, or it may have been something completely new that came about. Right? Don't be scared of the old stuff. The old stuff's good for us. And don't be afraid of the new stuff because the new stuff is useful. Okay? <clears throat> so... When you start to look at exploring God, it's just us investigating God. Where do you want me to be and when? And I know sometimes we have to ask the question, well, who am I? How do I think? And then what do I do when I figure all that stuff out? See, I'm messing you up. Now I'm leaving you with too many questions, right? Sorry. (laughs) Sorry about that. We'll talk about it later. When you explore God, when you investigate Him, He's promised us in his word that he will meet us there and he will expose himself to us because we have access. You have access. He said he was the door and that if you would, right? That's simple, right? The last thing he said is, is, it's through Christ that strengthens me because I don't know about you, but there's been some times in my life I did not feel strong. I don't feel strong sometimes now. You may not notice it. My wife does. My kids, if they're around, probably do. If you get close enough to me, you might, if I let you in, if I let you in, you might recognize, wow, he's, he, he may not, what, what's wrong? What's happening? When you start to look at I can do all things, now the strengthens me is a completely different story and completely different coverage for another day. But when you start to to look at that, that is an association statement of who you're connected to. And I want to encourage you today that if you don't leave here knowing anything else, if you're born again, you're connected to Christ. And if you're connected to Christ, He is for your good and He is for your betterment. Philippians chapter 1 talks to us about some stuff, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. If you want to really look and see kind of one of the places that he records how he feels about us, look in Ephesians chapter 1. And what happens in Ephesians chapter 1 is that he starts to talk to you and he starts to tell you stuff about how he thinks and feels about you as believers. He starts to say stuff to you like you're chosen. (laughs) He starts to say stuff to you like you're accepted. How many of us like rejection? Anybody? No. It's not really something we appreciate. My dad, back in the day, when he would try to teach me a, a principle or two, after he would tell me in corrective measures and say to me, are you upset? <laughs> are you mad? Some people think this is hard, so if you do, don't hold it against him. I see the necessity of it now. But he would say, well, it's okay if you're mad, because if you don't exercise your feelings, you don't know you have them. And that just made me madder. I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't say nothing. But I I wanted to. Right? We don't like rejection. But I want to say to you that you're connected to a body. And he says that you have redemption and grace. In you. So my goal today is just simply three things. To just submit to you and say to you. That I believe. And I believe that that what we believe comes out of us, right? Is that true? I believe that we as people of God, when we internalize, now, don't have time to really break that down, but let me say this to you, when you internalize something and it becomes a part of you, you're not trying to do it, you become it. Okay? Right? Right? If I stop trying to do it and I become it, it just happens. Right? Okay. That's what you're doing on serve day. We're not just doing it, we're becoming it. Right? I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And you start to pay attention to the affirmation side of what Christ is saying to us the implementation side where he says this is some of the steps that we can take and then he talks to us about the association of who you're connected to I I don't know about you and you don't have to admit it but I like being connected to powerful people Mm -hmm. I like being connected to successful people that's why I hang out with you because success breeds success. I ain't trying to... I can, t- I can tell you what I'm talking about, but I won't. But, but the reality of it is, is that I hang out with you because even in times when we don't know why we are doing what we're doing or how we're going to get what we're trying to get, what Christ will do is, is He will let something that's been placed in our lives before we even realize what was happening, that seed will begin to grow, will start to cultivate the soil... How many of you know that sometimes the condition of the soil plays a big part of the growth? Okay. We'll we'll, we'll address that. I'll let you look into that at at your own leisure. But when you start to pay attention to growth and the the cultivation of soil and turning it over and all that kind of stuff, and I ain't no farmer, so I ain't going to try it like I am. I can't grow nothing. You start to realize what he means when it's important to be associated with, with something. Stand up with me. Worship team, come help me for a minute. So, I don't take for granted today your time or your effort to get here. How many of you know that we live in one of the most beautiful places in the world? I mean, I've been a lot of places. I mean, I like it here. <laughs> I think I'll stay. <laughs> if that's okay with y'all. But I don't take for granted the fact that you could be a lot of other places this morning, but you're here. And so what I believe is that because you're here, that you quite possibly, according to Psalms, We're meant to be here. So I don't take your time or your effort to get here for granted. I appreciate that. My goal today is is that when you leave here, as you exit this building, that you leave just simply knowing, encouraged, as people of God, as believers just knowing that you got somebody pulling for you. I'm not that athletic, but when I played ball, if I heard somebody cheering, it made you try harder, right? It just does. It don't mean that you're Michael Jordan, but you feel like it sometimes. (laughs) You might not be Bryce Harper, but you feel like you can hit it 500 feet. I mean, you may not be a Cowboys fan, and God will hold that against you, so you better think about it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I wore 33 when I was in youth football because I thought I was Dorset's boy. It helps to know that there's somebody pulling for you. It helps to know that there is, that you are, that there's something inside of you, that you are a can-do type of person. You're built for this. You really are. You're built for this. He put inside of us, and I didn't even get a chance to talk about these eyes were built to see 93 million miles away. You can see the sun. Do you know how that works? The capillary system stretches 60,000 miles if it was stretched. I don't know how he got all that in this. I don't know how he balances 225 pounds of this on four little small bones and I don't look like an idiot any more than I do. (laughs) Don't know how he did it, but he does it. So you're built for it. Man, you're built for it. You can do it. You've got can-do inside of you. You just do I just hope that you leave here today knowing that Pastor Lucas and this pastoral team, Pastor Alan and everybody that's around you, the connection, you're associated to Christ, and you've chosen to associate yourself with Coastal. And because of that, you have a support system that can help you, that you can help cultivate your, your growth and your nourishment, and you can just see God do miraculous things in you and through you. I want you to leaving here and proclaiming to yourself, I can. I don't care what it looks like. It doesn't matter to me what it looks like. We don't have time to re- exchange stories today, but if we exchanged stories, we'd all be crying. I mean, come on, right? But after, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, the fact is, is that I can do, it doesn't matter what all things look like. I would ask you to explore, what does all things look like for you? Your all things may look different than my all things right? But if you'll explore what all things look like, you will investigate what all things look like and you'll say, God, whatever all things look like, I will, I will, my dad, for example, let me just tell you this. My dad, for example, he's, he's old school, traditional guy like I am. (laughs) Y'all got it, I think. And so I like new music. He liked old music. He would come to church with me down here and he'd say, I'd say, Dad, I said, you know, I know you don't really love the new music. I'm, you know, I'm sorry we don't do a lot of the, new mu- the old music too much. And, and uh, That wasn't at Coastal, by the way. Alan does. Man, he, this dude's off the chain. But you know what he would say to me? He'd say, son, it doesn't matter to me. If it touches people, I'll embrace it. <laughs> 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 it, 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 it don't matter if it's my preference. And that's what he would say. It's a preference. It doesn't matter if it's my preference. If it touches people, I can embrace it. So your old thing, your all things may look a little different than, than mine, or ours or whatever, but explore what all things are to you and Christ. And then say, because I'm connected to the body, even though the body is diverse, that I want to be associated. I see, I'll, don't answer, please. But I know you might not want to be associated and connected to some crazy joker like this, but I want to be associated with you. Okay, I want people to know I'm connected to you. Yeah. Because when I'm in trouble or I'm down, and by the way, in Matthew, the disciples did not get in trouble for being disobedient. They got in trouble for being So as I just simply say to you, today, I'm thankful for you. Don't take you for granted as being members of the body of Christ jointly fit together. appreciate you. My encouragement and challenge to you would be simply search God, explore God, say to him, God, what would you like my life to look like? How would you like to shape me? How would you like me to be involved? Whatever the case may be. I think you get it. You're sharp, man. You're sharp people. And when you do that, let God, Right? We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you would like to explore more resources just like this, take a moment and download the Coastal Church app. Also, if you would like to give financially to support the ministry here at Coastal, go to mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. God bless and have a wonderful week.